What's up, horse girls and guys? Welcome back. Hope you all have been doing swell. If you missed the last episode, Happy New Year. Um, and I did the last episode on my New Year's goals, but not resolutions. So if you're interested in that, be sure to check it out. And I forgot to mention in the last episode that this is officially season two of the Horse Girl Hype podcast. Um, And I'm only really doing that because the anchor um, platform that I use to record the podcast, you can like put it in by seasons that way. So that's just what I'm doing. I still don't know if I want to like just number all of the episodes or not, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But this is officially season two. So welcome to season two. Um, and today I wanted to do something a little bit different. So normally we kind of bounce around topics or at least I do because there's no one else here, um, on these episodes, but I have been listening to some Reddit story podcasts recently and there is some crazy stuff. I've never been on Reddit. I've never been a Reddit person. I know it's a big platform there's a lot of people that get on there. There's like drama channels that get on there and do stuff for their videos from the Reddit. I've never, I've never been a Reddit person. Um, I've of course heard of it, but I've never been on it. So I was like, you know, I wonder, I wonder how many horse people are on Reddit. It's definitely not as big of a community, but, or at least so far from what I've found, but I have joined some horse Reddit pages or communities or forums, whatever you want to call them. And so I thought it would be a fun addition to the episodes to read some horse Reddit stories. Um, and we'll just kind of see how it goes. I saved a few of them. I was just kind of scrolling on Reddit and I've saved a few of them because I thought they would be good ones to read. But we'll kind of see how this segment morphs as the season goes on. So anywho, we're we're switching over to the Reddit and I'm going to apologize if I like my microphone stops or like the episode just stops and I pick up again. I'm still getting used to the fact that Anchor only lets you record for 30 minutes at a time. So anywho, let's go over to the Reddit. I've got like five or six um, stories on here and I don't know how long I'm going to talk about each one. So first Reddit story or first Reddit post is called my appy is not herself lately info in the comments. Um, oh no. How do you get to the comments? Oh, okay. I got it. <laughs> I was like clicking the comment thing and there was nothing there. Okay. My otherwise level headed and calm mare has been quite nervous lately. We've had some very unusual weather for this time of year, rain and above freezing temperatures. On a particularly windy rainy day, I noticed she was darting around when it was feed time, grab a bite and dart out of her stall to look around. The stalls open up to a pasture that I usually leave them open so they can come and go. I would bring her back in to finish her feed and she would do the same thing, take a bite and dart out to look around. That went on for a few days. Then I locked her in her stall for the night and I found her shaking, drenched, standing in the freezing rain and temps dropped. She was fine for a week or so. Yesterday it started all over again, but this time she didn't want to walk through the gate alone to get to the barn. 
I put my hand under her head and she walked through. As soon as I got her through the gate, she darted off to the barn. She was soaking wet and shivering. I locked her in the stall again for the night. She was darting around the stall, acting nervous, not eating her feed. Sometime during the night, she did eventually eat her feed. But this morning, she was acting nervous again, and I skipped her morning meal. Or she skipped her morning meal, so the horse didn't eat it. I know Appies have eye issues. I think this is a progression of the issue. Vet already indicated she had cloudy spots, although the vet who said... Oh, the vet who said that was let go from practice after only six months, and the normal vet has never indicated an eye issue. This mare is usually so calm. We have done mounted shooting and pistols, not arrows. She doesn't flinch. But something is freaking her out. I'm not sure how to resolve this. These are trail horses who spend several nights to weeks a year camping with us on a high line. They don't get stalled every night. They normally are happier outside. Okay. So that was posted five days ago. So pretty recent. Um, trying to see if there's any updates. Looks like four days ago, the OP posted, oh yeah, I'm hip to the critter invasion. Had a groundhog try to move in a few times. I'll save the details. Sometimes we get birds. But usually, but she actually was darting out of the stall at the road or adjacent to a vacant, undeveloped property. I mentioned this in another response. The gravel road is horrible at this point. Some cars trying to go fast and bottoming out. Some are creeping so slow and splashing through the potholes. It's not normal for this road, so I don't know. Some people have been suggesting ulcers in the comments. And the OP asked, wouldn't ulcers be a result of being nervous and not cause the nervousness? So. Um, my opinion, honestly, this horse does seem like if this isn't normal behavior for the horse, which I wouldn't think that this would be normal, um, and that she hasn't recently moved this horse, some horses do a lot better being moved from different facilities than others do. Some of them take days and weeks to settle in, but it doesn't indicate that she has moved this horse recently. This has just been a new thing that the horse has started to do. So I would definitely... Um, result it to being some sort of health issue, whether it is the cloudy spots in her eyes. And if, if the vet has indicated that she has cloudy spots in her eyes, I would definitely look into that more, even if said vet was let go. Um, I don't think just because the vet was let go after six months doesn't necessarily mean that she was wrong. Um, if the horse is having eye issues, appies are definitely prone to glaucoma and uveitis, I believe. I have known several um, Appaloosas or Appaloosa crosses that have lost their eyes or have been blind. So I would definitely be looking into that. Ask the normal vet, even if she's never indicated an eye issue, if they're not really looking into it, I would definitely ask your new normal vet to look at it, shine a light in there, do some tests, whatever they need to do uh, to see if there is any possible eye problem. Because that can, that can be a big issue. And if this horse is just recently lost vision in her eye could be why she is so alert and so uneasy. But because it's, if it's a gradual thing, um, they can adjust better. But if it's a very sudden like loss of sight, then that could be what's freaking her out. As far as the ulcer problem, 
personally, I think, um, I mean, I've had horses with ulcers before. Ulcers can be stress induced. So if she was already stressed, if she's losing vision or if, you know, she's been taken out of her routine, if maybe she has a friend that recently left her barn or, you know, her herd has changed, she is feeling some sort of level of stress, which can cause the ulcers. But ulcers make everything way worse. So if she did develop an ulcer or something like that from a situation or from some level of stress, ulcers literally just make the situation worse. (laughs) My horse Luna has been, has always been kind of ulcery because she's kind of a, how do I want to say, a higher strung horse. She's a saddlebred. She's higher strung. She just is so much more alert with everything, which would give herself ulcers because she was so stressed about everything all the time, which would then add to the situation. Spookiness, uneasiness, um, ulcers pretty much just make everything worse. (laughs) In my experience, I could be wrong. I'm not a vet. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm nothing like that. But in my experience, they just, they just suck. Um, the predators, people are suggesting that maybe there's predators in the area spooking her. But honestly, I don't really believe that. <laughs> and maybe I'm naive, but I live in the middle of a forest. Uh, my whole property that I live on right now is like 30 acres of trees and forests. And we live in the middle of it. We have all kinds of predators out here. Or not necessarily predators, but wildlife. We have coyotes once in a while. You can hear them. We have deer. We have coons, possum. We have all kinds of stuff. My horses have never batted an eye at it. Um, maybe bobcats. Like I've never experienced bobcats. We don't really have them here. But um, you know, if your horse is being stalked by a bobcat, that, that could be the only thing that I would think a horse would be acting like this from. Uh, the OP said, we're in southern Michigan. The biggest animals we get are deer, coyotes, and turkeys. The coyotes are a, the size of a dog. They don't mess with the horses. I have security cameras around the barn facing outside to the pastures and didn't see anything on them. So that's that's a good sign, at least. Has anything changed at the barn? Any horses joined or left the pasture? I've heard of uterine issues causing sharp pain in mares personally. Also brain tumors. Definitely not saying that's going on, but especially if you can identify a change in her environment, that might be the cause. It's just the OP responds. It's just her and a gelding. The mare hasn't changed when she's in heat. She urinates frequently. But she is currently in heat. Perhaps that along with the rain and wind is making her like this. I'm thinking the number of days between these events is 10. So that's very interesting. Uh, heat heat really can affect mares in so many different ways. And I actually think it's, it's quite amazing. I guess they're more like us humans than we think. But... I have known some people who literally can't even do anything with their horses when their mares are in heat because they are so moody, they're spooky, they're temperamental, they're just awful. Um, I've never had a mare like that. All of my mares have been, I mean, I don't even know when they're in heat, seriously. Like Luna, Sugar, and BB, I have no idea when they're in heat. Um, So it, it absolutely makes no difference to me, but 
some horses when they're in heat are really, really like fire breathing dragons. And if this is the case, if you're finding this with your horse, I would definitely look into ovarian cysts, um, some sort of uterine health problem, anything of the sort that you can, you can look into that, that type of thing, any reproductive problems, ask your vet because, you know, like ovarian cysts and stuff like that can be very painful um, I've known horses that literally you can't even ride them, not even during their heat cycle, but outside their heat cycle because they get those ovarian cysts that are extremely painful. And when we sit on them and put pressure on that, um, oh, I want to say hind back, could be extremely painful for them and basically make them unrideable. I do have a friend that started giving all of her mares hormonal shots every year. And it made a world of a difference for one of her mares in particular that did have ovarian cysts. So might be something to look into if your mare is in heat right now. Um, because heats, heat cycles can also change kind of with age, just like with humans with age. You may not know that your horse is even in heat for the first five years of their life. And as they get older, things get worse. So yeah, some interesting um, input there. It would be really tough. It would be a tough situation if your horse just randomly started acting like this, especially like standing outside shaking in the cold rain because she doesn't want to come in the barn, darting around her stall. Like that can be really dangerous behaviors, not just for people, but for the horse herself. So hopefully they find, you know, an, a resolution for this horse so she's not so miserable. Also, I do want to say if I like stutter or I don't read very well, I'm sorry. I'm not really like a, an out loud reader. So this is going to be some practice for me. So my apologies if I just don't read very well. I was that kid in class when you had to read aloud, which you know, they don't do anymore. You don't have to read aloud at school anymore. But back in my day in elementary school, you would get your book the whole class would read the same book for the year and you'd go around and everybody would have to read a paragraph and it was just awful. The peer pressure was on. So anyways, we'll move on to the next post. Okay, so this next one is called, I'm frustrated with my barn event. So this is a longer one. So for context, I have two horses. I help with chores at the barn a couple days a week to help pay for board. When I first began a year ago, I didn't have any horses and I was just thankful for the experience. I didn't mind getting paid a set amount of money for chores rather than hourly, etc. I knew stable hands didn't make much anyway and I was just looking forward to learning. A few months later, my boss came to me and said they knew of someone wanting to do a care lease for their horse. I think she means they they wanted to do the care lease. I eagerly agreed. The horse is my best friend. I adore him. He's not perfect, but he's perfect for me. I purchased him recently. I also purchased a senior retired therapy horse for my husband to trail ride with me. He's perfectly healthy, just not fit for the therapy lesson program anymore. I was also connected to this horse through the barn. This summer was a rough patch in my experience with the barn. Like I said, I get paid a set amount whether I'm there for two hours or six. While the owner asked me what I thought about adding some maintenance projects to our chores, I thought she meant repairing fences and stuff. And I thought I could learn some valuable skills 
from that. So I eagerly agree. She had her assistant, who's paid hourly, assign the tasks. I found out that they assigned mowing the lawn to me. They have a huge lawn and it would take three plus hours to mow on top of doing chores. No pay increase was offered. I was strictly because the owners didn't want to. So I refused to mow the lawn. They also assigned weeding their vegetable garden to another person. (laughs) Summer came and went and things mellowed out. They were going okay, but my boss slash now trainer started saying how much she hates geldings and talking down on my horses. They're both geldings. I started feeling discouraged because I really love my boys. And honestly, her mares have almost seriously injured me many times. So I'm more comfortable with geldings. Then every time my boys did something naughty because I never told them no. In quotes. But the other horses would seriously injure each other, break through fences, almost trample me, kick me, bite me, etc. And it was just a glitch or even then laughed about. I offered to pick up a shift because someone opted not to do chores during a snowstorm. I live close by and my boss was saying she had a full day's lesson of lessons. So I said, since you have a full day of lessons worth, I can help with chores. She acted like I was doing her a huge favor, but throughout the day, she started piling on extra things for me to do in a snowstorm. It's already labor intensive because we haul buckets of manure 100 feet through through snow and horses to a fence line to dump. We also haul buckets, or we also haul hoses a pretty good distance. So in the middle of a snowstorm, I'm doing way more extra work. Then I find out that all of her lessons but one canceled. But she decided to stay inside and clean her house and have me come anyway through the snowstorm. Then I get there and find out they did zero snow removal. We had 12 inches of snow. I got stuck and they had the audacity to be annoyed at me. Overall, I think I'm outgrowing this barn. They're a great resource when I need one, but the overall culture is just really wearing me down. It's even discouraged me from riding as much as I'd like because I really don't want to be around them. Thanks for listening to my vent. Okay, that was a lengthy one. So let's read some of the comments before I give my input. Somebody commented, this was five days ago, by the way. That sounds super frustrating. If it's time to move on, it's time to move on. You also may want to try discussing switching to tracking your hours. It sounds like you are experiencing some pretty serious project creep and while it's nice to help out you don't want to get taken advantage of of course you decide how much is too much and whether it's worth even making the effort to keep the relationship going it's honestly sad how common this is do not let the owner push you too hard you'll get burnt out hella fast set boundaries for yourself and don't let yourself do anything you think is too much work for your pay If the barn owner can't respect and appreciate the work you do, leave or stop working and pay full board on your own for your own mental and physical health. I'm literally all about barn chores and working for experience, getting, I get wanting to learn, but setting those boundaries and realizing you're being taken advantage of are very important. Have you ever opted to change your salary to hourly? It sounds like that could take away a lot of your frustrations and it also sends a signal that you're not just a cheap pushover. 
If you never speak up, it's also very easy for them to take advantage of you. Okay, so my personal opinion on the matter, (laughs) I have been at barns that I've had to work for board. I've been at, I think, just two. One I was at for maybe maybe a year, maybe not quite a year. The other one I was at for about five years. So I was there a long time. Um, and it, this is a tough one because I feel like as a business owner, so this barn owner, um, you shouldn't, I don't know. It's just, I, I'm a very personable person, I think. And I just never have the desire to take advantage of anybody. I think what is fair is fair. And, um, I wouldn't ever expect anyone to do more than what we have originally agreed on. Secondly, I I don't think she should just do more and more and more and more and expect to never um, be paid for it. So at the barns that I was at, the first one that I was only at for about a year, I just had a little pony there. So it's not like I had a full size horse that took up more space and more feed, but it was just a little pony. And the guy was older, the owner, he was an older guy. And so he kind of needed help doing the more labor intensive things like stacking hay cleaning stalls, um, and stuff like that. So I helped him do that type of thing. And, you know, I really, I was there two or three days a week. So when I was there, I would try to just clean the stalls or bring more hay in and, you know, help out where I saw that it was needed. And he always appreciated it. He never asked me to do extra stuff. And it was kind of just a good relationship that we had. The other facility that I was at, we had a written agreement. And I feel like if there's any barn owners out there that want to do something like this, it should be in writing. So me and the barn owner agreed that I could do two days of chores a week per horse. So if I wanted to have one horse there for free, I had to do two days worth of chores that week. And that was the same every week. So for a long time, I did Mondays and Fridays. Every Monday and Friday night, I'd drive to the barn. I would do chores and I got to keep my horse there for free. And it was really, it was nice. And I would help out, you know, not necessarily with big things, but, you know, if her horse's needed some extra supplement put in their mouth, you know, with the syringe or whatever. While I was in there, I of course would do it. Um, and just like little things like that, or if I needed to switch some horses around and they asked me, I would of course do it. But beings that our agreement was just two days a week for free board for your horse, that was all in writing. And that, that, that amount of work was what we agreed on for the free board. They couldn't really ask me to do a bunch of extra stuff without paying me because it wasn't part of the agreement. So I totally understand like wanting to help and wanting to keep the relationship in good standings. And a lot of times it's not even that we mind helping more, right? It's just that um, you kind of get burnt out when you're always being asked for more. So I kind of um, at that barn that I was at long term, It seemed as though the longer that I was there, the less welcome I was. Um, And, you know, small things 
that I did wrong or maybe I didn't bring enough hay in or um, that stall wasn't clean enough or that bucket should have been dumped. The longer I was there, the more things it seemed like I was doing wrong and the less welcome I seemed. Like it almost just seemed like the barn owners were just getting tired of me because I've been there so long and I was, you know, still doing chores, but I, I have a friend that currently has her horses there and the same type of thing is happening with her. Um, she's been there a few years now and it, she, I know has the same frustrations that I did where she just feels like the barn owners don't like her. They don't talk to her. They're always asking her to do extra stuff. Um, and, you know, complaining if she does anything wrong. So I definitely feel the the outgrowing of the barn. Like, I definitely think that that is something that happens where you feel like you've overstayed your welcome. They don't like you anymore. Um, you're just annoying people. And you just outgrow that situation. And it really sucks because, like, if it's a barn that's close by and it's very convenient, it works well for your um, pocketbook, like your budget, it can be really hard to just like find a new place to board. And it's not that easy anymore with as many people that seem to be getting into the horse community. Other close by barns may not have any extra space for you, or they may not offer a free work for board situation. A lot of places don't do that anymore. So if this is the only barn in your area that offers the work for board option, it can be really tough to, to just move barns if you can't afford that. But yeah, I feel for this girl. Um, it's really hard, but if I were in her situation, I think I would have to say something. I totally agree with her not mowing the lawn, like that taking three plus hours to mow. If it's a really big lawn, people don't just have like three plus hours laying around, especially if she has to do chores on top. It doesn't say how long, um, she has to do chores like how long they take, but I'm going to guess at least an hour if they are, you know, a boarding facility, probably more if they have several horses inside. So, you know, not everybody has just like four or five hours laying around. Um, this girl doesn't say if she works or anything, but the average person like who goes to work or who maybe goes to school, they don't just have four plus hours laying around any day of the week to mow lawn and stuff. So if that wasn't part of your original agreement and that's too big of a task, like I totally agree with her saying, look, I'm not going to do all of that. I don't get paid extra for that. Um, and that's a little too much for me to handle. That wasn't part of my board agreement. So totally side with her there, but I do think she needs to speak up and say something just like, you know, I feel like you guys just are continually asking me for more and more things to do. And it wasn't part of our original agreement. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I just think, you know, it's not fair to me. That's what I would say if I was in her situation, but hopefully um, she's able to resolve that soon. Okay. Our next story is called A Horse That Refuses by Power Reversing, On the Ground Not Ridden. I have a horse that refuses certain things when led from the ground by Olympic level re reversing that no one so far has been able to help me solve. solve. Help. Hello. I have a tough nut to crack that I've been struggling with for nearly two years now with my otherwise very gentle little stallion. 
When trying to lead him through something or applying any real pressure on the lead rope that would pull him forward, he refuses by what only can be described as power reversing. He's a 15-2 old typey Iberian, can sit on his haunches like a pro and reverse continuously in perfect rhythm and balance for incredible distances and applying any opposite pressure only makes the reversing more powerful. The following problem is the most pronounced when trying to load. He has no issues of being in an enclosed space or actually traveling. In fact, he travels great once actually loaded. We, he would rather throw himself off a cliff than put one toe on the ramp. And yet, the rare occasion that I managed to trick him to do so, he walks up politely and there are no traumas. Hell, if I get him up the ramp once or twice, he will load himself any consecutive time that day. And we'll be back to square one the next. Other than this, he is absolutely perfect to do and extremely respectful. Dealing with this for as long as I have, I'm absolutely certain this is not a fear response. It's him trying to control the situation and evade doing something he doesn't feel like doing. He also does this around puddles and water. If we haven't walked through one in a while, as he doesn't like getting his precious feet wet. He's also been checked over by a vet several times and has a regular physio. I'm guessing that means like physical checkup. The problem is I have no idea how to essentially disengage this reverse gear and regain control. It has taken us the past six plus hours to load due to his stubbornness to the point I won't even take him anywhere anymore for fear that we'll both go through an ordeal like we're going back. The level of persistence in this behavior has stumped friends and trainers who have been working with horses for 40 plus years, spinning one way and then the other doesn't work. Treats or bribery don't work. So dear fellow equestrians, has anyone encountered this before? Any tips for solving it? I'm open to just about anything and more than willing to put the time in. Okay. Let's go to the comments. Have you tried R plus methods yet? Yes, I'm actually in the process of establishing this language between us before trying the problem stuff to avoid as much confusion as possible. Why are you keeping him a stallion? Do you plan on breeding him? My suggestion is a nose chain. If he pulls, it'll tighten around and he'll learn to stop it real fast. Tried. Sadly, he literally could not care less if he is willing to hurt himself rather than do the thing he's been asked to do. <laughs> they replied, wow, that's dedication. I've had, try, try having a lunge whip behind him when he is led. If he backs up, crack the whip behind him or tap him on the butt. More frequent lunging is probably going to help. OP responded, he will refuse more adamantly if he has a whip behind him even refusing to go into his own stable if he sees a whip behind him. My trainer happened to be carrying a lunge whip. Really does not care about the whip or any discomfort to his own detriment. When he decides no, if it feels like he'd rather throw himself off a cliff, then change it to yes. Okay, somebody else commented, I just sold one like this. It was the worst for trailer roading trailer loading and pressure from behind and would make her absolutely fly backwards. The hard part was just getting her feet on the ramp and then she'd generally stroll right on. We never really fixed it. 
We did find the only pressure she could tolerate was a lunge line behind her bum to nudge in, to into moving forward, then bite, grain, rest, slash head scratch as a reward. Keeping the pressure and energy super, super, super low helped. It's like a self-protective behavior slash defense mechanism, so I... So getting upset with them just makes it worse. You really have to sort of trick them. I wish I had better answers, to be honest. Agree that working on R plus and totally changing the queuing and system to get in the trailer could work. Maybe teaching him to step on mats slash yoga mats in the arena, then work your way up to mat a mat close to the trailer. So it seems like everybody kind of just has... Um, suggestions and a lot of recommendations on R plus training. And now I have used R plus training. If you guys watch my channel, you know that I started doing it last year. And while I will say it worked awesome for the horse that I used it for, I don't necessarily think that it's a problem solver for all horses, especially when they've always been taught via pressure and release. So honestly, and she never did answer why she's keeping this horse a stallion if she's breeding him or not. But I personally don't think I would breed a horse with this temperament just because you're passing this on to other horses just to become more difficult animals. So truthfully, the only thing that I don't think was talked about in the suggestions was um, working him harder. So I'm not somebody that likes to be physical with my horses if I don't have to. I absolutely will if it's warranted. Um, I will use a whip. I don't use chains generally, but in this situation with him just refusing um, because he doesn't want to, I may try that as well. And even like the original poster, you know, made clear, she doesn't think this is from any other um, reason other than he doesn't want to on that day and the horse knows that she can't make him so honestly the I think the the best solution for this would be put your trailer in a round pin or you know back it up to a round pin if you have the option to ask him to load and every time he backs up I would run him around that round pin for 10 minutes. Every time he refuses, run him for 10 minutes. He will get so tired and exhausted. And maybe then he will decide, okay, I'm just going to give up because I can't run anymore. He'll be so out of breath, so exhausted. Every time he refuses, you make him run. And hopefully, eventually, he will give in and be like, okay, fine. I'll just get on the trailer. Get him on the trailer and take him right back off and be done. Like once he makes the slightest effort to get on that trailer, get him back off, reward him, let him rest and just be done for the day. That would be my suggestion. But with this whole backing up thing, I've had a, I've had some horses that, that it's almost like they get into that habit. Like a horse will almost decide what their default flight is. And my horse, Hazel, she bolts. Every time she's unsure or she doesn't want to do something, she just rips the rope out of your hand and takes off. Um, I'm trying to think what Oakley did. I don't know if Oakley really did anything. But it's almost like some of these horses decide kind of what their default pattern is and what behavior they do when they want to flee. 
And it sounds like his is backing up and it's worked for him every single time. Every time you let him get away with it, he knows all I have to do is back up and rip away and I don't have to do anything. I would make him back up so far. I mean, back him up all the way across the property. If he trips on shit, he trips on shit. Back him up until he doesn't want to go backwards anymore. And he is going to learn that, shoot, if I back up, I'm going to have to really back up and I don't want to do that anymore. Basically, I think that this behavior, because he is bigger, he's stronger, and he knows that if he doesn't want to do something, he doesn't have to do it. That whole mentality is being nurtured every time you allow him to think that way. So every time you let him win, every time he backs up and he doesn't have to do it, every time that he refuses and he doesn't have to do it, he learns that that's all he has to do and nobody's going to make him do it. So it sounds brutal to run his ass into the ground. It really sounds brutal. But honestly, I feel like if you're going to have a stallion for one and you want to work with horses or train horses, you should be willing to do that if it's necessary. Obviously, no, don't just run your horses into the ground for no reason. But when this horse has learned that he is bigger and stronger than you, you have to then reteach him, hey, I know that we're a partnership, but you still have to do what I ask. And if you're not going to do what I ask, then this is going to be really hard for you. So that's kind of my blunt opinion on it. Something as simple as loading into the trailer, that is a basic life skill. Horses need to know how to do that. It's a basic life skill. And there's no reason, unless this horse has had a bad experience in a trailer, um, there's no reason that he shouldn't be able to do it. Um, He's just refusing because he doesn't want to. And even the original poster made that clear. So, yeah, that's my opinion on the matter. If you disagree, that's fine. But that would be my solution to fixing it. She doesn't say what kind of horse this is, but I know a lot of quarter horses. I know a lot of big, stocky, fat horses. They don't want to run more than they have to. So, yeah, I'd make them run. Anywho, on to the next one. Let me pull it up here. Okay, the next one, is it reasonable to leave a horse barn because it's not fun? Okay, I have only gone to three barns long term and only remember two since I went to, since I went to the other when I was really little. The first one I remember was extremely informal. My mom pulled me out of it when she realized how bad it was. But I had no idea because it was kind of the first one I had been to. I had ridden there for about two years and I was not progressing. I couldn't canter just because I was not taught. The horses were not trained properly and had a lot of problems. I'm not going, oh, sorry, sorry, hold on. (laughs) I am not going to a more formal one, but it feels like I am lacking something. Ignoring the other places bad things, it was far more fun. I was allowed to spend a lot more time there. I could help with the kids' lessons and grooming and turnout and getting another lesson. I could spend extra time with the horses and groom them, etc. I learned a lot more about working with horses than riding them, which is something I do appreciate since I don't get that at the place I'm going to. I was also able to make friends a lot easier. At the place I'm going to, it is going there, having my lesson and leaving. They have a lot of lessons, so a lot of the time the horse goes straight to another lesson. 
The barn is highly competitive, and I think it's more for the riders who want to become top show jumpers and compete a lot. But that's not what I really want. I only ride for fun, and because I love horses, and the only way I would maybe be able to get something similar to the other place I was at would be to lease a horse, which my parents definitely don't have enough money for. I would like to ask my mom if she'd consider letting me go to a different barn, but I first want to know whether you think it's unreasonable to want to progress even if it's a bit slower, while still being able to have a bit of freedom and for the place to be more chill. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm reading so bad, but it's almost like um, people don't use punctuation anymore and stuff, so when I read it, I just get confused because it doesn't read very well. Anywho, the point is this girl doesn't, or guy, it doesn't say, doesn't like their barn anymore. It's not fun. And here's the thing. There is a lot of lesson facilities in my area. There's a lot of lesson barns. There are some that are really big and have all kinds of horses, all kinds of kids running around, all ages. And there's some that are smaller that maybe only have 10 lesson kids. I personally give lessons and I only have a few kids, but the most important thing for me personally, in my opinion, and what I try to teach my lesson kids, the most important thing about horses is that you enjoy them and you know how to take care of them and you know how much work they are, you know how much they cost, and also you know how to ride them. So... (laughs) The whole point of a lesson barn, I think, should be to create an environment where everybody can enjoy their horses, everyone can have fun with their horses, everyone can appreciate them, and if you're not doing that at the barn that you're at, then yeah, I think, personally, I think it would be time to look for a different barn. If you don't feel like that barn is nurturing your um, your goals, then why stay there? I mean, even if you... If, I mean, this girl says she doesn't really want to show. Um, the point of her riding is she rides for fun. She rides because she likes horses, not because she wants to go win a bunch of money and a bunch of trophies and stuff like that. If that's not your goal and that is the goal of this barn, then you you obviously don't really fit in there. Um, and I know how that feels. And it sucks. It sucks to feel like you're not on the same level that everyone else is. And even though you want to improve your riding... Um, you, you still want to go in a different direction than what everybody else does. So I would say find a barn that is more your direction. If you want to find a place where you can just go take your lessons, enjoy your horse, work at the barn, maybe clean some stalls and help with chores and, and find an environment that you really like, that's what makes horses worthwhile. That's what, that's why we're all in it for the horses, not, not because of the money and the showing. And I know that there are people out there like that, but most of the people in the horse world got into the horse world because they like horses. And that's, that's what should matter. That's the right reasons, right? Not, you know, the wrong reasons are for the money and the, and stuff like that. And while money is great, and if you can make money on your horses, awesome, but that's not why it all started. Right. So I would tell this girl, definitely ask or ask if you can go back to your old barn. And even if like, you know, your mom says, no, you weren't progressing there. Tell her, maybe I can talk to my instructor. 
And if you don't feel like you're progressing at a barn, talk to your instructor and feel like or say, you know, I feel like I'm ready to progress. I don't feel like I'm really gaining anything from lessons right now. And I think that, you know, moving on or moving up would be beneficial to me because I don't want to find a different barn. I really like this barn. So I that's kind of what I would say about it. I do want to read some of the comments on this one too. Um, somebody said, it's reasonable to leave a barn for any reason. You're a paying customer. You're their boss, not vice versa, which is a good point. I mean, I don't think that anybody wants kids to not enjoy their barn, but if there's a bunch of lesson kids there and there's a bunch of boarders, chances are they're not going to be hurting if one, one kid goes to a different barn. Um, somebody else commented, I don't think it's wrong. It's certainly far from the worst reason to leave. It wouldn't hurt to learn some of the things they do there. Even if you only plan to do trail riding for fun, having advances, having advanced skills will never hurt. Perhaps a compromise for the time being. Keep riding there and search for a barn that better suits your desires. At least that way you're still learning and riding. That's a really great point. Um, it is beneficial to go to different barns and see how other people do things. See the different attitudes. See the different, you know, riding styles, etc. But that doesn't mean you have to stay there forever either. In my opinion, there's never a wrong reason for leaving a yard. If it's not for you, it's not for you. You're not saying there's anything actually wrong with it. It's just not what you're looking for. All right. You don't need a reason to leave a barn. That is true. You can do whatever you want, but. All right. We have two more. This is going to be a long episode. Okay, so the next one is a little controversial. Um, and I have talked about this on my YouTube channel before. Um, and this one is called, Am I Too Heavy to Ride? What Should I Consider? So if you guys have watched my YouTube channel or, you know, have been around here a while, you would know that I have had many conversations on larger riders. Um, and some of them have gotten me into trouble, but let's just, let's read this post. Hi all. I'm over six foot. I am trim because of my height. I'm 170 pounds. I'm about to start taking lessons soon. And while I haven't come across a barn that has informed me of a weight limit, I do know that it's something to consider for the horses. Will this be an issue for me? Will it affect my performance slash progress as a rider if I'm ever interested in jumping or something like that? I'm mostly interested in Western riding, and I hear that Western tack weighs more as well. So I'm wondering if that would be a problem too. Thank you in advance. All right, let's read some of the comments. First comment is, you're good. You'll just have to find taller horses due to your height. Somebody says, LMAO, I'm 5'7 and 195 pounds. Just ride a big enough horse. You're very reasonable size. Somebody commented, you're 100% okay to ride. I was 170 for the last couple years and I'm only like 5'5. Five five. I mean, I'm very solid muscle currently, but they can easily match a horse to you that can take your weight, especially with your height. Not at all. Um... see how is your balance or is it too soon the op responded too soon i think i've ridden a horse once or twice in a couple 
a couple years ago. And that trainer complimented me on my natural seat or something of that nature. But I think it's a safe assumption that it's not great yet, LOL. I tack out at 220 pounds, weigh 200 pounds, ride all day. Okay, so actually there's a really good response in the comments, which I was not expecting. I don't see any negative ones. Um, she posted this three days ago, I think. Yeah. So this is always a topic that like gets some people fired up. And I see a lot of really awful things on this topic on Twitter. So I don't know why Twitter just, it's just like where everybody takes out their really unhinged thoughts. And I have seen just some awful things like if you're overweight, you shouldn't be anywhere near horses, lose some freaking weight. Uh, if you want to ride horses, you know, how would you feel about carrying around someone your size? It's not the horse's fault that you want to be fat. Stuff like that on on Twitter, on Facebook, all the time. And I'm just like, what is wrong with people? Like, I'm not saying that horses should just have to endure massive people on them. You know, when I see full-grown adults, like, sitting on miniature horses and posting videos of it because they think it's funny, I think that's shit. Like, that's a shit move. And you're a shit person for doing that. But I don't think that it is necessary to be fat phobic against people who want to ride horses because there are horses of every single size. A full grown adult sitting on a miniature horse, that's riding a horse that is not suitable for their size. And I don't think that large people should ride horses that aren't suitable for their size by any means. Um, if you are you know, this girl says she's six foot tall and she's 170 pounds. She doesn't weigh very much weight wise. I mean, a lot of horses could carry 170 pounds. If she has good balance, if she's very upright and she is a strong 170 pounds, um, then she, she might be okay on a shorter horse, but a taller horse would feel more proportionate to her. Um, I worked at a horse ranch. I still work there during the summer sometimes. But the owner of the horse ranch used to always tell us trail guides when we were younger, when I was younger, she would always say, there's a difference when we take these customers that are 250 to 300 pounds. There's a difference between a 300, 300 pound football player and a 300 pound fat person. And that's not in any offense to those people, but there's a difference because a 350 pound football player or a 300-pound football player, is going to support themselves. They're going to sit up. They're going to have balance. They're going to have strength. They're going to help the horse get up that hill. Just a 300-pound fat person might just be sitting on that horse, letting the horse take all of its weight, shifting around, trying to lug them up a hill, etc. So it kind of all depends on, you know, the variables and the person and their health and the horse that's available to them. Now, like I said, there's horses of every single size. At the horse ranch I worked at, if we had riders that were over 250, they rode a Belgian. The Belgian was broke to ride. They rode the Belgian. So there's horses available out there for people that are larger. No, you should not be riding horses that are way too small for you. But that does not mean that you can't ride horses at all. Doesn't mean you can't learn how to ride. That's just, that's completely untrue. There are horses out there that can handle your weight, that can handle your height. You just have to find the appropriate one. So 
that's my take on the matter. Um, I'm really impressed with the Reddit comments. Good for those people for being supportive. This girl really isn't that big. She's just tall and lengthy. So she'll just have to, you know, figure out how to manage that. All right. This is our last one. And this one is kind of interesting. It's called, do you think riding horses is unethical? First of all, I don't mean to disrespect anyone who does by making this question. I've loved horses my entire life and during my teen years practiced equestrian sports because that was the easiest way for me to do to be close to horses since I live in the city. During those years, I witnessed some awful situations regarding abusive riders and didn't feel okay being a part of it all. I started feeling that everything was unfair for the horses, tolerating bits, spurs, whips, and overall carrying a person on their backs just because. What's your opinion about it? Should we enjoy horses by having them around, or do they need to have a purpose? Some of the comments. The first comment. They need to have a purpose. They are way too expensive for 99.98% of people to just have as pets. (laughs) Felt that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm finding another one. Both of my horses get depressed and start losing muscle muscle without work as well as body fat. Even being groomed and out to pasture, they love to play and love to work. If your methods aren't abusive, then it's ethical. Both of mine seem to love their jobs. I don't do anything serious, like serious competing or anything with them. Just ride and drive at some local shows and on trails. I agree that a lot's of horses want and need a job. I think it's only an issue if you're forcing a horse into something that it's not able to do or doesn't handle or enjoy. A horse with confirmation issues that is given a chronic pain shouldn't be asked to do tough jobs like jumping or reining, for example. Some people just buy horses because it's pretty and then get mad at it for wanting to be outside with other horses and for having its own personality and likes. Not letting your horse be a horse and forcing it to do a job that it doesn't like is damaging and abusive, in my opinion. No more unethical than training a dog to walk on a leash. Whips and spurs, when used correctly, are just another means of communication with a horse. They are not intended to abuse or injure the horse. And when you're dealing with a thousand pound plus animal, even on the ground, sometimes tools are needed to ensure that both of you are safe. Of course, there are terrible people everywhere who will abuse animals, but that's not limited to horses. That doesn't mean that the inherent act of riding or handling horses on the ground is automatically abusive. It's about using these tools with smart, careful careful intent, as well as using tack properly fitted to ensuring the horse is not being asked to carry more than it comfortably can. Okay, my personal opinion on this. Um, because this is something that I have encountered in my real life because I am vegan. And now some people out there in the world will tell me that I'm not a real vegan. You're not really vegan because you ride horses or you have leather tack or whatever, whatever. But anyways, I had to encounter this argument before because there are other vegans in the world that ride horses and have asked the question, am I being Am I not really a vegan because I ride horses? Anyways, I don't think that riding horses is unethical, obviously. But I do think there is unethical horsemanship, which 
takes place far too often, unfortunately. And I do think that there is a a mindset, kind of like a cowboy mindset, um, that ultimately does more damage to the horse than good. My dad, when I was little, bless his heart, but my dad doesn't know horses. He's not a horse guy. He was never raised around horses. And even still to this day, my dad isn't really a huge fan of the fact that I ride all of my horses without bits. Uh, When I started riding my horses without bits, he wasn't super crazy on it. Um, He wasn't super crazy on riding them without a bit because he had this idea in his mind that if a horse has a bit in their mouth, which is a pain device, um, and we get into a situation, I might not have any control because I can't stop him without pain in his mouth. And if I get into a situation where I'm going to fall off or get hurt, the horse might not listen to me because there's no pain in its mouth. So I might not have control. So that was my dad's mindset for a long time. And he still doesn't really understand. I've tried to explain to him multiple times that you don't have to have pain to have control. They are not equals. (laughs) Pain does not equal control. Um, Actually, you can still you can still lose control with bits and whips and spurs and that type of thing. And so I definitely think there's unethical horsemanship out there, but creating a partnership with your horse, um, you know, working as a team and not as a ruler and, a, you know, a boss and a, I don't know how to put it, not acting like a top and a bottom, basically, um, but working as a team to accomplish a common goal that you both enjoy, I think is totally fine. And like, as far as working horses, it's no different than like, you know what, I'm going to say it. It's no different than putting teenagers in gym class. You know what, we all had to do it and it sucked and we hated it, but it was good for us. <laughs> and you know, it. even if we didn't like it some days, it, it wasn't the end of the world. And for horses, Um, you know, putting them in a career that they might not enjoy isn't really going to be the best off for that horse or you. You're not going to excel well in that sport. But if you do use them in a discipline that they do enjoy, that you do really well at, um, then there's no reason like really for a horse to hate, hate their job. Unless you're giving a horse a reason to hate their job, most of them are pretty content with it and are willing to do what you ask. So I don't think it's unethical unless made that way. So that's a, that's my thought on the matter. All right, guys, that was the last story. This has been the longest episode yet. We are at about an hour long. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Let me go if you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, I thought it was kind of something different. And if you guys liked it, then I will save some different stories for another episode. And we can do this again. Or if you have a story that you would like to submit, Let me know if you're on YouTube, leave it down in the comments, but I think it would be fun to, you know, read your guys' stories, read more Reddit stories and kind of help each other out, give input on different things. But yeah, let me know what you guys think. I'm going to go ahead and jump off here now. So I hope you enjoyed listening and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.